Hello and thanks for joining us again. My name is Matt Bushby, Head of Infrastructure Business Development at Clearbridge Investments. With me is Portfolio Manager Shane Hurst, who is a member of the specialist Clearbridge Infrastructure Team. Thanks for joining us, Shane. Thanks, Matt. Shane, the first quarter of 2021 has been quite volatile, with January and February weaker for infrastructure markets and then a big turnaround and a strong month in March. Can you give listeners an overview of the major macroeconomic or, or global events that drove markets during the last quarter? Sure, Matt. The global markets were very strong during the quarter. They were up just over 6%, really driven by a number of factors. Obviously, um, the uh, blue wave that came in uh, in the Senate early January was a positive, certainly for spending. And then you shortly saw a $1.9 trillion COVID-19 bill being pushed through both the House and Senate. Central banks continue to remain very dovish, even in the face of particularly strong global economic performance, really led by the US, as we saw increased vaccine rollouts and really the reopening of economies. Value markets and recovery stocks tended to do better than more defensive companies and and more defensive indices and markets. And as you mentioned, most of the underperformance uh, for infrastructure kind of came through that February period. Turning quickly to to bond yields and the possibility of inflation and how that affects infrastructure, assets and companies, you've written a paper and recorded a podcast recently, but for listeners who have not yet had the opportunity to investigate these, can you give us just a quick overview of the key points? Obviously, very, very topical um, global bond yields for the quarter were up in the US 0.9 to 1.7. Similarly, in Australia, they were up strongly and and all through Europe, bond yields rose. So that obviously begs the question, what happens to infrastructure with higher inflation? Clearly, with the large amount of stimulus put through uh, from Biden and expected stimulus put through in the US and around the world, we think there will be some type of cyclical inflation, but frankly, longer term. Um, our view is still structural inflation remains around 2%. What does that mean, mean for infrastructure and utilities? Well, frankly, not much. Inflation gets passed through in the case of utilities through their cost of capital. In the case of infrastructure assets, concessions, contracts, tariffs and tolls end up passing through inflation as well. So uh, really, it, it isn't a big issue. And, and when we look at the actual performance of and the correlation between infrastructure and utility assets listed versus inflation, there really isn't any correlation at all. And in fact, from a statistical sense, uh, it's insignificant. Moreover, if you look at the last 30 years, what we've observed is those periods of bond yields moving up strongly are really the best periods to position your portfolio. And and, and that's led to subsequent 6, 12 and 24 months, very good returns out of uh, infrastructure assets. Turning now specifically to the Cleabridge Global Infrastructure Income Strategy, after an exceptional 2020, where the strategy outperformed major infrastructure indices, including the S&P Global Infrastructure Index by almost 20%, the first quarter of this year delivered only a marginally positive return of around 44 basis points in local currency, which underperformed the S&P Global Infrastructure Index by around 380 basis points. January and March, we outperformed. February was weak. In absolute terms, Shane, what were the contributors during the quarter? Yeah, so let's talk about the underperformers or the negative contributors first. You're absolutely right. Contracted renewables, which had a stellar year last year, in particular Brookfield Renewables and Clearway, which were up 120% and 70% last year, were reasonably poor performers for the quarter, down 19% in the case of Brookfield and Clearway down 11%. The driver, frankly, was profit-taking and really nothing, nothing else. These 
companies themselves continue to produce the same solid cash flows uh, with very strong growth in those cash flows contributing to, to very consistent dividends. The other area of underperformance came from utilities, but in particular, two key areas. Uh, the first was Red Electrica, which had really underwhelming CapEx guidance. And as a result of that, the market became concerned about forward dividend. We reduced our exposure to Red Electrica during the period. The other area of underperformance came from Brazilian utilities, which again had a particularly good Q4 last, last year. And so people took profits during this quarter. Probably the final area of underperformance came from uh, Europe. European airports and European rail. And this underperformance came from concern over the vaccine rollout hindering mobility. And we saw that really across a number of stocks uh, in Europe. When we're looking at outperformers or, or those that had positively contributed to the performance of the portfolio, energy and gas infrastructure were very, very strong during the period. Enbridge, Williams and TransCanada uh, really led the way there. After a really poor year last year, their strong free cash flow generation and their likely great consumption of hydrocarbons as we go through a recovery period meant that uh, they performed really well during the quarter and, and will likely continue to perform well going forward. U.S. utilities was an interesting one because whilst the sector itself underperformed a number of our stocks, and in fact, our high conviction names, Exelon and PCEG, really performed above sector. And that was nice to see really highlighting kind of this, the stock pickers market that we are in. I guess the final area which performed well were communications and in particular Crown Castle in the U.S. As 5G and the 5G narrative uh, begins to gather steam, what we are likely to see is accelerating spending and that contributing to greater leasing on towers in the US over the next two, three years. And that was very much recognised during the quarter. It sounds like a bit of a mix between both sort of sector movements and, and even within sectors, you know, very stock specific performance. When you mentioned renewables with, with Brookfield Renewable Partners and, and Clearway underperforming, you know, in the same sector next year, energy partners was a positive. You know, why, why the difference? If you look at what happened last year, what we saw is next year energy partners actually underperform Clearway Energy. That reversed out during Q1 this year when in fact next year energy partners outperformed Clearway by 20%. So if you look at a 15 month period, both stocks and, and really most contracted renewables in the US performed in a range of about 45 to 50% over that period. So very strong performance over the medium term. Turning to transport, we've been saying for a while that we prefer toll roads to airports. Why is that? And what did this decision do to impact performance during the quarter? Yeah, look, simply, um, you will likely benefit much, much quicker from a recovery of traffic from a toll road as we see economies around the world recovering because people will be out there driving before they're out there flying. Did it work during the quarter? The answer is largely yes. What we saw were uh, European roads, so Vancey and Afage perform very strongly, up 8% during the quarter. On the other hand, uh, there were anomalies out there such as Transurban, which in Australia was largely flat. And that was because, you know, Australia didn't see the issues the rest of the world did with COVID. And as a result of that, traffic really didn't come off as expected. You contrast that to airports uh, and certainly passenger rail, uh, where concerns continue that there will be a slower vaccine rollout and that will hinder mobility. And that meant that you did get that big difference in terms of performance of roads versus airports and passenger rail. How did we change portfolio positioning over the quarter, Shane? 
it was quite a dramatic quarter in terms of position changing or, or, or changing of positions for the strategy. What we did is we increased our conviction to transport infrastructure, so really European roads, European rail, as well as airports in Australia. We increased our um, Canadian energy infrastructure exposure, and we also increased our US utility exposure in those really high conviction names where there are idiosyncratic drivers likely to drive uh, those US utility companies going forward. This was funded from a number of areas, uh, North American contracted renewables, we took profits, Latin American utilities, again, we took profits, uh, and UK water exposures, we also took profits, uh, where there weren't a lot of catalysts or thesis likely to play out that would cause any further re-rate for these companies. We also reduced our Italian and our Spanish electric utility exposure. Our outlook from here, what do we think the future holds for this portfolio? We can we continue to be high conviction on the recovery of global economies, and that's really seen us increase our transport infrastructure weight from 12% at the beginning of the quarter to 25% uh, at the end of the quarter. So we are leveraged to that. We also gain leverage to that thematic through our almost 11% exposure to energy infrastructure in the US. US utilities, both from a valuation standpoint point and a catalyst standpoint, provide great opportunity. And so we have 17% of the portfolio exposed there and likely that will perform really well as we as we move through the rest of the year. Finally, decarbonisation, which was such a strong uh, contributor to performance last year, is also likely to be a strong contributor to performance going forward. And whilst we have decreased our exposure from 16% to around 13%, economies around the world will continue to decarbonise and will continue to be able to leverage through that thematic through our investment in contracted renewables. Uh, as I mentioned, that currently sits at almost 13%. And just turning to dividend yield, mm. this particular portfolio has an investment objective of attractive absolute returns built on the foundation of a 5% plus dividend <coughs> yield through the cycle. What are we seeing in that in that regard? Yeah, look, and an excellent question too, because as we move more into transport infrastructure to leverage to the recovery of economies around the world, it does mean the dividend yield has come down a little. Uh, we still expect it to be 5% through the cycle, but over this period of time, we would expect it to be in the range of 4.5% forward to 5% forward dividend yield. Thanks everyone for listening. If you do have any questions on any of the Cleabridge infrastructure strategies, please contact your local salesperson.